Good morning. Glad I have nothing to add to this, unless we have another accident. I did that on purpose, by the way. No, I, I wouldn't even know how to adjust this thing. But uh, yeah, we are going to try something a little different because we're doing something a little different, right? Instead of uh, going through a book exegetically as we have been going over, uh, we're, we're on our Back to the Basics series and we always laugh, right? We always laugh when we come to a Back to the Basics thing because there's nothing basic about what we're talking about, right? This, this, maybe it should be basic because it's a basic truth of Scripture, but in all actuality, what we're talking about in relationship to our relationships with one another, it's actually pretty difficult, right? Friendships are hard, and I'm sure even though you were here last week and um, you heard Stephen give a fantastic exegetical overview of both our design and what should be our desire for friendship, for biblical friendship. Uh, a lot of us look at that and we say, yeah, I, I hear you, but. I hear you, but I'm busy. I hear you, but I've been hurt by other people. I, I, I hear you, but... I don't really feel like I can put myself out there in that way. Or, or I hear you, but I, you know, I'm a part of a small group or I'm a part of a, a, a woman's Bible study or a men's Bible study. And that, and that's really it, right? Well, no, I, I think as we uncover, uh, the biblical truths that are, uh, made known in this book, Made for Friendship, we see we're not just talking about, when we, when we look at biblical friendship, we're not just talking about this surface level, I know you, you know me, we talk about our favorite teams and how the weather is, but, but there's some real life on life type stuff that we are called to in relationship with one another. Would we agree with that? Especially after last week, right? Where Stephen takes us to Genesis and shows us how... No, but before, before sin ever entered the world, we've, we've got a problem with being alone. And that's a problem that as we see throughout Scripture, it isn't satisfied in the husband and wife relationship, but it's meant to be throughout many relationships that, that guard us and guide us towards Christ's likeness. And he took us to that, that very passage that we read in, in Ecclesiastes today and, and throughout the Proverbs. Proverbs 27 is a great chapter to read, which really emphasizes both our need for friendship and also the fact that Boy, we're, we're, we're not complete without it, but we are certainly not wise without it. And then we look at 1 John 1 and we see that there is actually a sanctifying component when we walk in the light with one another. When we press into the fellowship, the relationship, the biblical friendships that we are called to have, that it actually has a, a sanctifying element to it. it. It makes us more like Jesus than what we would be on our own. And so uh, my brother did such a fantastic job. And I mean this. I, I, I'm not just speaking words for introduction's sake. I actually listened to his message and I was both enraged. I was both enraged because I wasn't able to be in here on Sunday. And so I, I was both very appreciative of the message that he gave, but I was also enraged because with this being something that's a little bit more topically driven, what you have to do is you're like, okay, what are the scriptures that support the topic? And so as I'm going through chapter three and four of this, this book and I'm looking at the, the benefits of friendship and, and, and the core components, the core marks of friendship, I'm like, hey, I'm going to find some verses. And so I brought open a Microsoft Word document and I'm finding all of these verses. I'm like, oh, that's solid. Oh, I'm going to go there. This is great. Oh, yeah, I'm going to exegete that verse. This is awesome. And then I listened to your sermon. And I kid you not, almost in order. I mean, almost in a mocking way. I just went and I was like, wow, yeah, he covered, oh, wow, that was better than I would. Oh, wow, yeah, ooh, good thoughts there. And, <sighs> fine, thanks. Great sermon, Stephen, way to leave some meat on the bone for me. <laughs> so, I said, you know what? We could go back and we could look at Genesis 2. We could go back, we could look at Ecclesiastes, we could look at Proverbs. We could, we could look at one of the 50 one another's and really show the, both the, the benefits of friendship and also those, those core marks, those key components of true biblical friendship. We could do that. 
But I think our time would be better spent just simply going back and pulling up our brother's sermon and clicking go and really getting that solid biblical foundation. What, I want to try something a little different today. I want us to, to just kind of cut open a, an example that I see this in my own life and the life of some people around me that I think beautifully displays exactly what we want to talk about today. Men who are experiencing both the, the benefits and, and that are living out the marks of true relationship. Not perfectly. No. But, but going through that process of saying, God, you want me to pursue this and I'm going to pursue this no matter the cost. And so in a moment I'm going to be joined up on stage by five of the best looking guys I know. But before we do that, Let's invite God's presence to, to continue to fill us and illuminate His truth to us as we continue this study. Father in heaven, we invite you into this space. You made us to need. You made us, not, not because of sin, not because of brokenness, but from the very start, it was very good to you to make us as dependent beings, fully and completely dependent on our relationship with you, And dependent upon one another with whom we do life with, you made us to need one another. The very metaphor with which our church stands upon is that of a body. A big toe standing alone does not make up a body. A hand standing alone does not make up a body. But a well-functioning body by design works together with each of its unique components to do what you have made it to do. You have made us to need each other, to need counsel from one another, to need wisdom from one another, to need one another to bear the burdens of this life and to celebrate the joys of this life. And in that, you have created blessing untold. You have made us relational beings to reflect your image. And I pray that as we come together today, that we would honestly assess the relationships in our lives and ask, are they biblical? Is this what you have for us? Is what I have the best of what you have for us? And if not, what does it look like for me to take a step towards you and your design for me and what you have for me in relationship to my friendships with others. Holy Spirit, we invite you to convict, to encourage, to spur us on towards you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me get out of the way real quick. They're handsome, aren't they? I mean, look at these guys. Come on. Aren't they cute? You're so uncomfortable. I don't care. Um, So I have invited... Five guys up on stage. And the point is not, let me get this clear from from the very start. The point is not who these men are. The fact that they are men. The point is not their season of life. How many kids they have or don't have. What kind of job situation they have. What leadership position they hold in the church. Their height, their weight, their likability. I really don't care about any of that. And I hope that you are not discrediting what is about to happen up here if you do not fall into their category because their category doesn't matter. What actually matters is that this is an example of people who are made in the image of God, made for relationship, who acknowledged that at some point along the way and said, hmm, that sounds good. I need to pursue that. And so, I don't really want you to get focused on the details of who they are. I really don't want you to get focused on the details of what they are doing. Because what they are doing makes sense in light of the season of life that they are in. It makes sense in light of their immediate context. And you might not share that with them. And so, I want to, from the very start, guard against the saying, well, that's good for you, but... I don't really care if it's good for them. The point is, this is good for them. And it's good for you. It's good for me. Because God made it very good. Amen? Biblical relationship, biblical friendship is something that we all need regardless of season of life. I don't care if you've got five years left to live. I don't care if you've got five minutes left to live. Where you are at in your season of life does not change your design or what is very good for you as a created 
child of God. And so what we are going to look at is a template today. We are going to look at what works for these guys in their context in a way that causes us to pause and say, that's really awesome for them. What about me, God? What about the relationships in my life? What about what you have for me? What about where I am? What does it look like for me to take the next step in obedience towards you wherever I am right now? Does that make sense? Are we all clear on that? Give me a big thumbs up if we're all good on that. Awesome. That being said, I love these guys. And I love that I get to do life with them. And I am so thankful to be in the season of life that I am because it's one that has drawn me closer to them. But it wasn't always that way, right? I've been here for what now? Four years? And it took us three years, or it took us a full year to figure out that we needed this. And it's taken every day thereafter to figure out what this is going to look like from day to day, right? Because relationships take time. But at some point, somebody stood up and said, wait, I know we're doing this whole youth men thing, but like, there's got to be more than this. Like, I know we see each other every Sunday and and we do life together, but there's got to be more than this. And that guy... John Hardacre. John, I love you, you handsome guy. How are you doing today, John? Scared to death. That's great. <laughs> John, again, not the point being what we are. I actually, I, I get to sit down today. You good with that, Jacob? Love you, bro. Um, I've never made this church happier today. No slides, and I'm going to sit. That's fantastic. Um, so, John... Again, with the point not being the process or, or the details surrounding what we do, what did your process look like in getting this group together? Well, um, so I, the context was, I mean, something I desired for a long time, uh, first of all. But um, three years ago, I was nominated to be a deacon again. And... Um, <laughs> Third time at that point, and, uh, and and sadly, I felt that I needed to turn it down again. And uh, I went to Dwight uh, Lindman, and, and who had, I think had asked me, and I said, uh, you know, I, I, for various reasons, I just feel like there's things in my life that uh, need to be addressed, and I don't want to be here in the same spot, you know, uh, if I get asked again. And I said, what I really need is I, I, I need accountability with other men. So he put me in touch with Rob because Rob was in charge of the men's ministry. So he, Rob and I got together, kind of explained what I was looking for. He, he mentioned all the different options that the men's ministry had. And at the time, uh, I was like, that just isn't really what I'm looking for. Uh, but I was willing to do, there was a special forces. I wasn't willing to do the Saturday morning early. <laughs> Just get out. <laughs> so that was, I just already ruled that out, you know, because um, that's early on a Saturday. So. Mm-hmm. But, um, but there was one during our PTN or the, the pathway to maturity hour. And, but I'm a youth leader. And so as a youth leader, we are, we don't have a Sunday school. We are with the kids in the morning or with the kids in the evening as well. And so we don't have that group either. And so uh, we were looking for just a couple people maybe uh, to join because Rob had also said, hey, I used to have a group, you know, what you're looking for. But they all moved away. They went to different ministries and things. So uh, so I said, I'll reach out to some people. And then uh, the more I thought about it, I was like, you know, all the youth leaders, the guys are in the same boat. They, they don't have a Sunday school. They don't have anything like that, uh, that they could go to, you know, pathway to maturity and. Maybe they don't want to get up super early on a Saturday morning either. So anyway, uh, long story short, I uh, reached out. I sent an email to uh, uh, all of the youth leaders, the, the men, that is. And, um, and like within, you know, hours, uh, everybody was pretty much like, yeah, I, I'm in. There was everybody but two. And one eventually joined us. So, um <laughs> Anyway, that's and then uh, and so what happened was then we set a date, uh, we met, and then we started meeting every week in my basement. Um, 
And we went through uh, a study on biblical manhood. That's what we started on. And that's kind of where it started. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I ask you that question, too, because I think as we talk about friendship, <clears throat> we talked about pursuing biblical friendship, uh, and, and you get anybody up here who's talking about, well, what works, what works for them? You think, well, yeah, that, that's good for you. But when you think about the genesis of this whole thing, it was, it was a guy saying, wait, yeah, I'm designed for this and I need this. I think I'll send an email. I think I'll look around and see who's, who's in my immediate context. Okay, there's some people that I could locate. And I'm just going to see what happens. And so he sent an email not knowing, you know, knowing that we're all busy. We've got young kids or, or um, 17 kids or what, like, we've, we're all in different places, right? Um, and yet he gave us, he gave us an opportunity to, to step towards it. Uh, not knowing what it would be. And so um, I guess my question for anyone else, we know what John's path looked like into this. What about for our email recipients? Uh, I guess I could ask, what made you want to pursue friendship with others on this level? When you think of John's invitation, and it wasn't an invitation to go through a particular book or a particular study. It was just, hey, I need to be in relationship with other people. I need other people to know me, to know my struggles, to know where I am, and to walk with me in life right now. What, what made that so appealing? What made you want to pursue friendship on that level? Well, I'll, I'll uh, just say that uh, when I read through the email, and I don't remember if others had responded before, but when he was talking about the need for accountability and in the life, I quickly, when I was reading through it on my phone, I just typed "I'm in" and hit send, um, and then I went, "What did I? What, what did I just what did do?" I do? Um, but I, I kind of knew that I needed to say "I'm in," and then instead of thinking about it, because. Uh, I did need that uh, in my life as well, too, just to to continue growing and, and lots lots of other things. But I did. I, I just said, I'm in. <laughs> we were looking back through the emails as we were prepping. And I saw that and I was like, oh, I remember that moment. I just hit send and then, then paused for a moment. <laughs> Anyone else? I'm just going to say that uh, one of the things was you three were pretty close. And I remember thinking, I'm sure they have something. I'm not, I'm, I'm, and, uh, and I, almost, I almost hesitated in sending the email to everybody, and, and, and I thought about cherry-picking. Um, and I'm glad I didn't, because obviously it was, I, I made an assumption uh, and was kind of surprised, because you guys had, in my opinion, a, close, a pretty close relationship with each other. Mm. And uh, just, anyway, it's kind of dangerous to make those assumptions. I think, I think that brings up a really good point, John, because when we, when we look at community, when we look at biblical friendship, right, there's, uh, there are lies that, that not only keep us from diving in when we have people around us that we're living life with, but I think there's lies that keep us from uh, even pursuing it to begin with, right? Ah, oh, they, they, who would want to... Who would want to wake up early to spend time with me? Or man, they, they're they're way they're way too cool. I I can't call them. They won't they won't want to do that. Or oh, they probably have something. Like fill in the blank. What what is that lie that that you believe? If you're in that place, if you're if you're looking at biblical friendship from the outside looking in, what is that lie? Because I'm telling you what, it will be sold to you often by an enemy who knows that you were designed for something you are not pursuing. And so it's good for us to uncover those things and to fight through them. And on the other side, you might just find some brothers who are like, oh, shoot, I'm in. That's pretty cool. Uh, for anyone, how long has it been since you experienced, now, but before, going back to the genesis of this, how long had it been before you had experienced something like this, relationships like this? And, and what had been your reason in that gap, however long it was, for not actually pursuing anything, right? Because John walked forward in obedience. We just hit send. We we're just like, oh, thank you. Yes. Right. But why didn't we send that email? Why weren't, why weren't we pursuing that on our own fronts? Um, and what, what was keeping you from that? Anything? Um, well, I, 
I think it's kind of a progression for me. I'd been in some other, you know, small groups with some guys before, and we'd read through scripture and spend time and, you know, share prayer requests and things of that sort. And then through job changes and stuff, it kind of, kind of got sent separate ways. And, and it, it had been some time. And, um, I, 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 now looking back, I can say that, um, I should have been pursuing it. I was feeling the void there without understanding what the what the solution was um, for that. Um, and so, you know, maybe part of that was just uh, pride. And, mm-hmm. well, I'll be okay. I've, I've got other things. And, I've, uh, you know, I've got my, my wife and, and, and family and stuff. And so, you know, I can, I can you know, share things with them and grow through, through them as well. Uh, but this is different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, God's word calls us to iron sharpening iron, and um, this the the way we 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 handle this group is definitely different than the relationship I have with my with my wife. Um, and so I should have been pursuing it, and ignorance and pride probably is what kept me from doing that. Anyone else? Yeah, I think similar to what Jeremy uh, just mentioned, a few words that come to mind is pride, um, laziness, and complacency. Uh, it had been some time since I'd been involved in uh, a men's group like this, as I think back to potentially college, my college years when I was in an accountability group with other men, and then um, maybe five or six years ago in a business professionals men group, uh, which was very beneficial and served its purpose for a season, and I was thankful for that. Um, but after that, you know, being married, uh, you know, my wife is my best friend, but I, I do believe that the Lord has given the body of Christ, whether it's men on men or women on women, to live and do life with one another. So when John sent that email, you know, that was something that I was really looking forward to, but because of my complacency and, and laziness, not wanting to pursue it and taking initiative, um, it's just something that I, I didn't do. And then being able to look at this, you know, this is just um, a percentage of the entire group. But looking across the board of all the men in this group, we have, I think, a 30-year gap between the youngest to the oldest, maybe 40. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm not even the oldest in the group. <laughs> maybe more. But, but I, I think there's something to that as whatever the group of, of individuals that you're in with, there's different seasons of life that I think the younger benefits from and, and the, the older benefit from. And I think there's, um, there's beauty in that as we do life uh, with one another that uh, has, been, has been awesome to be, to be a part of. Mm-hmm. And let me just ask as a follow-up, did these, did these relationships that we're talking about up here, did they just naturally go deep? Like, keep in mind, some of you have been serving together for years. Some of you have been, like, I, I was the new guy onto the scene, um, but, but you guys had been in church, church together for years. Some of you have been serving in youth ministry together for years. And so, just naturally, when we show up to the OG bunker, which was John's former basement, uh, did it just go deep right away? Did we just naturally get there? Or did it take time? This is kind of a softball. You guys don't have to be scared about answering it. Yeah, it's a good Rob question. Go ahead, Rob. <laughs> yeah, um, I, th- I think there's always, as John was saying, we, we, we develop preconceived ideas and we put people uh, in boxes. And um, it is only when you go shoulder to shoulder that you, you start to see something uh, that God surprises you with, that uh, you you end up being confronted by some of those preconceived ideas. Um, for myself, anytime somebody bothers me, uh, like rubs me the wrong way, it's usually a, a sign of a plank in my eye and a speck in, in my brother's that God is pointing out something in me that the reason why he bothers you is because you are more like him than you realize. And um, I can share this publicly because my son already exposed me at one of the man-to-mans. I'm next, by the way. Yeah, is yeah. that uh, he, you know, he said, uh, it was just amazing to see how God worked in your heart uh, of, of how, um, you know, after Matt would preach early on uh, our car rides home, it, it was not roasted pastor, 
but mm. it was just because I'm a director, so right. It, it it was just things that 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 I would bring up. You know, it bugs me this or about that, and and um, they were patient. My family, my wife, my sons, and just mm-hmm. mm-hmm, and knowing that those are the very things that I struggle with. And it wasn't until I joined this group and um, really got to share with my brother life and life. And, and it was really especially during one of an email, he responded to me in uh, lovingly confronting me about something I had sent out to the group that I realized, wow, here's somebody who cares about me enough to not just let it go, but as Stephen shared last week of just... Uh, he wants to see you move closer towards Christ-likeness. How could I not embrace that? And so from that point on, you know, um, I just started to see Matt in a way that uh, I hadn't seen him before. I was judging him of just being this kind of guy. And yet I saw his heart, and, uh, and God used that to kind of break me down a little bit and confront some things in me that I needed confronting in. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it doesn't happen right away, um, but it happens in ways that surprise you. And as always, Rob is far more holy than I am because he, uh, he liked me a lot sooner than I liked him. Uh, it's, hard, it's hard being in leadership, right, because uh, the, uh, the same sheep who you are called the shepherd are also the people that you are in relationship with a lot of time. And I think as whether you're a pastor or a director, uh, you naturally, you naturally guard yourself because sheep can bite. And you don't, you don't want to put too much of yourself out there in fear of uh, being judged, being fired, being what, right? And so early on uh, at, at my first tour of duty, uh, I learned how to share by not sharing. I knew how to say things that, that made it seem like I was a very... Um, uh, self-aware, spiritually-minded person without sharing anything at all, right? But any, any men out there? Any men out there who, who are good at that in your, in your Bible studies or in your, your whatever, right? Oh, I, I can, I can share. Oh, it's been a, it's been a rough week. Or, oh, how you doing? Well, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, God is good and, uh, He's, He's gracious and boy, I need a lot of it. What did you just say? You said nothing at all. Right? But boy, it sounds good. You can even become a, a deacon or an elder or a director uh, with those kinds of lines. I'm, I'm struggling. Yeah, yeah. What does that what mean? What does that even mean? Yeah. Cool. Like, with your taxes? I don't, I don't know, <laughs> right? And so for me, you know, one of the barriers of entry in community is like, hey, I want to get close, but not too close. Uh, I want to know these guys, but I don't, I don't want to be fully known. And, uh, and I certainly don't want to put myself with anybody who I think is, is uh, immediately coming in thinking that they're, they're better than me. And so here we are the first day, and we roll into Rebellion Donuts to talk about what this is going to look like. And Rob's over there buying coffee. I'm like, oh, that's a coincidence that we're all meeting and Rob came in to get coffee. And then Rob comes and sits down. And I'm like, well, that's not weird. I mean, he knows all of us. He probably. And then Rob opens in prayer, and I thought, the amen guy? He's, he's, he's in our group. That was not a part of the, the, I said I'm in, but I am not in for this. I don't want this. And all of a sudden, my brother and my friend leads with his heart in such a way that made me realize that it's okay wherever I am, whatever I'm dealing with. And every single guy, because I know there were other guys who were like, really, Rob's here? You just felt the exhale where it was like, oh, oh, it's, it's okay. Because if my brother can be that transparent, if he can put his heart on the coffee table and say, who's next? I can be next. I can follow leadership like that. I love this guy. And I can't, and I I know we all say it. He's still weird. And he probably still gets annoyed by me. But you know what? I can't imagine doing life these last three years without Rob Blair being in my life. He's he's no longer a Blairier of entry. He is a, uh, (laughs) 
See what I did there? You I appreciate I that. I do. I do. Yeah. And what he's talking about, what I had shared, uh, we went around and just asked, why are you wanting to be part of this type of group? And I had shared how I had been part of other men's groups, as John had mentioned, um, in different parts of my life with other men, of having an accountability, what we call accountability groups. Only in those groups I did exactly what Matt was talking about. I shared just enough to make it look like I was being honest, um, yet hiding a lot in my life. I'd grown up Roman Catholic, and so we learned how to give enough during the confessional that the priest knew you had something but wasn't going to get you excommunicated. <laughs> so I'd grown up pretty well learning how to hide behind enough um, transparency but not make it completely transparent. And so uh, because of that, I, I ended up really going down a really dark place in my life. And these men in my group had no idea. Uh, and uh, they eventually moved away, and I, I would start another group. And it wasn't until my wife reached out to three men, and I shared this with the group, um, how they called me and contacted me and said, no, no, really, I want to know what is going on. And I was done hiding at that point. I was, uh, I was done. I had had enough. It was time to come out and, and expose the sin into the light. And as a result of that, God really transformed me, redeemed me, changed me. And I saw the power of that. And then, you know, for different reasons, they have moved, went in the mission field. It's kind of like Stephen was talking about. It's like, don't become a friend with me or you will have to go somewhere at some point. Um, so it had been a few years to answer your question, how long it had been. And John came and contacted me and I said, you know what, I need this again because it is too easy for me to start hiding again. Pride is one reason. Fear is another. Fear of that people are going to know me for who I am. But Stephen again said it last week. Christ died on the cross to redeem Rob Blair, then there's nothing you could know about me that could possibly be worse than that. That the Son of God had to be brutalized on a Roman piece of wood, that's how bad I am? So what could I possibly tell you that would shock you? And so uh, I just said, I need, I need to be this. I need to have this openness with other men. Um, that's that's something that I shared during that morning, and it just helped set the tone that this yep. was a safe place for us to be real with each other. And yet, with that tone that he set, I think it's safe to say that we were all at different places in our journey. Rob was ready to come and do a surgical procedure and take his heart and put it on the table that day, and some of us were just kind of like, "I have some change in my pocket," right? Like we're we were all we were all in different places. And I think it's taken us over the course of the... Th we're still all in different places. And yet, leading with transparency created the environment that says, whatever you got on your worst day, bring it here. And this is where grace and truth spoken in love exists. And I just so appreciate my brother and what, what he brought to the table. Uh, we're going we're gonna to transition to... Um, Question number three, um, Hunter has a list of benefits that I have kind of summarized in my own words. His, his headings don't really give you much to go on unless you read the context, but this is the, the gist of what he's talking about regarding the, the bennies of your frennies. Um, so let me read you six of them real quick. They, they double your joys, meaning that true friends make the best things in life better as we share in them together. True friends have, they have sorrows, not have H-A-V-E, but like have them. Uh, true friends help bear burdens uh, of our darkest days. Number three is genuine counsel. A true friend speaks into our lives from a perspective of intimate knowledge. Not general knowledge, but intimate knowledge because they're walking through life with you. Positive influence towards good. True friends encourage us towards that which is best for us in life. Not just, not just a good influence, which we'll talk about later, but, but they actually want to see good things happen for you and encourage you towards, towards good things. What? You went running? Great! It's been a while. Hey, good thing, right? Character transformation. True friends are used to shape us as we do life together. And kind of a sub-point of that number six, they reveal blind spots. True friends see things 
and allow you to shape things that otherwise would go unnoticed if you weren't living in community, right? We call them the, you know, the little awkwardnesses or, or, or just things that we do in our speech or in our conduct that, uh, that might be hurting people, but we don't realize it because no people are close to us to hey, say, hey, you, you, do you see this? Right? To help reveal the blind spots. So guys, as you consider that list, what are some of the specific benefits that you have experienced from this group, and not just this group, right? Because this is a group of, uh, we've got five, six up here that represent a group of ten, right? So they're a part of a larger group, but we don't always meet every time we get together. Like, I get coffee with Ray and Jeremy's not there, and vice versa, right? So there are, there are relationships that flow out of this group. So where are you seeing, both, if we could say corporately, as a group as a whole, but then also in those individual relationships that flow out, where are you seeing those benefits? Thank you. <laughs> um, you know, something that Stephen said last week um, was really eye-opening for me how in our culture we tend to trivialize friendship and its importance. Um, and I think it's readily apparent that Good friends, they make the good times better. They make the bad times easier to bear. Uh, they're a good place to go for advice and counsel. Mm-hmm. But it's so much more than that. Um, biblical friendship. Yeah. And we tend to, when we just think about our hunting buddies or uh, the girls that you go to brunch with or even your ministry partners, we we tend to not realize the importance that they play in our sanctification. Um, And becoming more like Jesus is a long and difficult process. At least it is for me, I can say for sure. Um, And so, we we go to these deeper levels of positive influence of how a real biblical friendship drives us closer to Christ because in our sanctification we uh, we tend to think you know it's me and my bible and my quiet time I'll go to church on Sunday I'll serve every now and then and those hear me out those are essential ingredients Absolutely. to our walk but we tend to not think about um, how much God uses our brothers and sisters in Christ to mold and shape us like his son Mm-hmm. And I know for me personally, uh, our group corporately uh, has certainly been a tremendous positive Im- impact in my life of uh, pursuing uprightness and righteousness um, and fighting in the light, as we say. Yeah. Uh, but I know even more intimately than that, um, Really revealing blind spots um, has been a huge benefit to me in this group. Um, I know sharing and getting deeper over the years with these guys, but very specifically, um, one brother up on stage here developing a very deep, transparent, intimate relationship with him um, has been able to reach in and spot blind spots in my thinking, in my heart, in my behavior, uh, specifically calling out lies that I've been believing for years that were born out of trauma that I went through as a child and I've been replaying in my mind for decades uh, just about who I am, who I am as a man, how I relate to my wife in marriage, what I think about my wife, And um, I have been allowing these lies to keep me locked in a pattern of sinful thinking and sinful behavior. And to have a brother come alongside me and apply the truth of God's scripture to that and apply love and empathy and rebuking those lies um, has been nothing nothing short of transformative. Um, and God has, God has used him to usher in a, uh, a season of victory over sin that's been unprecedented in my life. Mm, um, in areas of purity and pride and uh, self-control 
and um, and even in anger and having having a brother being able to point out those blind spots because we're transparent with each other we go deep with each other um, be able to consistently speak into my life and uh, call out those lies of the enemy and the lies of my flesh um, has been really next level and has totally transformed my walk. Uh, and that didn't come just from showing up to church on Sunday and filling a pew or even a good quiet time uh, or doing ministry together or even being a part of a small group, um, but real deep, intimate friendship. I love that, Austin. I just think, first of all, praise God. Uh, but again, it would be easy. It'd be easy for you out there or even us up here to look and say, well, that's good for you, Austin. No, that's good for you. That's good for all of us. This is what we're called to pursue. What he just described to you is a verse that Stephen read to you last week, and you can read it for yourself, First John 1, 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, he being Christ, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. What my brother just described is a journey in truth. A journey in the light that we are all called to. And the promise is when we walk in the light, that's something we say to each other often, hey, shine lights on the shadows, right? If there's shadows, let's, let's shine light on it and let's walk in the light together. Let's walk in the light. Where are there shadows? What do we need to call out? And when we do that, the promise is the sanctifying work of the blood of His Son in each and every one of us. That's good for you if you run after it, if you pursue it. If you are open to it, thanks for sharing that, Austin. Anyone else? Maybe, maybe one or two more. Another one, uh, just um, uh, learning to have uh, genuine affection for one another, having a good time together. Uh, Romans twelve nine says, "Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor." And um, we have a blast together. Sometimes I, I wor- worry that, um, you know, Jill or, or uh, Carly are going to wonder, what's going on down there? They're, they are laughing so loud, uh, linked together. She, yeah. <laughs> and and um, we've learned to have fun with each other because it creates a safe place. It's like uh, mats on the floor, trampoline. You know, you can fall and not get hurt. Mm-hmm. And so we learn to have fun together doing that, but we also honor one another. We respect one another in that place of knowing that it's, it, is, it is safe. And by outdoing one another um, in showing that kind of, of brotherly affection, mm-hmm. outdoing one another in showing honor. So that's something we've been able to do as well by just being together yeah. and, and uh, spending that time. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not a quick fix. You're not going to be able to get this in, in a, you know, a, a power lunch or something. Yeah, showing up is truly half the battle. Yeah. Anyone else? Uh, yeah, I'll just kind of talk about a little bit, uh, kind of even going back a little bit, when, when Rob opened his chest up and, 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 and threw down his heart, I, I kind of remember he was sitting off to the side of me. I remember turning and looking going, oh, this is going to be one of those groups. Mm-hmm. And um, we, we figured out it's been about three years almost to the month or whatever since we've, we've started meeting. Happy and, anniversary. Woo-hoo! Um, there, there's been a lot of heavy things in, 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 in the group and in, in, in lots of our lives, uh, and mine in particular, and I, I've told these guys many times that I don't know that I would have survived without being able to, well, a couple things, confess my sin, uh, be challenged by it, uh, by these guys to press forward past it, to um, still try to lead, to still try to do the right thing. Um, and... You know, when it says bear one another's burdens, a lot of times we look at that as, well, when somebody comes to me, I have to help them. Mm-hmm. Well, part of that is the other side of the equation. I know it's math, right? The other side of the equation, which is you actually have to open up your chest and share your burdens so that they can have someone help you with them. And this group allows for that. 
encourages that, calls for it, pursues one another for it. Um, and Matt was talking about we're, you know, in different places and we didn't, you know, get here. We keep talking about that first day. Well, Rob was ready for us. So the rest of us kind of weren't. We're still working towards it, right? And we still are. And there's, you know, in, in different different ways. But it's it's been interesting as I was kind of thinking about this morning. You know, you know, as I'm trying to this this crazy backwards forwards line of, of, of sanctification. Um, you know, to my family, they they maybe have seen some growth. Maybe you've probably seen some regression as I try to do things differently, but but do them poorly. Um, so at times I, I, I've, I know I've exhibited things that have actually probably seemed worse, but it's because I'm still trying to pursue and still trying to grow and all those things. But I know I have a place where I can come back and go, brothers, please pray I've messed this up yet again. Mm-hmm. And they will lovingly pick me up, kick me with uh, God's word and, and blare me occasionally as we've turned his name into a verb blair. now. And and it's it's great because we have that encouragement and we can do that. But there there is definitely some times that I, I would not have made it without these guys. And it didn't get there day one. It took somebody reaching out and going, hey, at the email, and then me going, yes, <laughs> before mm-hmm. thinking. So I didn't even know what I needed fully. But uh, thankfully, the, this, just think, looking at that having sorrows or having cutting into whatever that's a hard word to say I'm it out. is yep. uh, I, I just can't comment on the um, <clears throat> the part about uh, why or I don't know what was wise counsel or whatever he, he mentioned um, Proverbs eleven fourteen says where there's no guidance of, of people falls but in an abundance of counselors there is safety mm-hmm. and um, I, I just think of you know there's two aspects to that right there's the giving and then there's the receiving. Um, and so, you know, I benefit a lot from their counsel. Uh, you know, everybody has a unique uh, perspective, and uh, but it's not just like opinion. It's based in the word. And so I get a lot of wise counsel on how to deal with problems with usually, um, usually my kids, honestly. Um, so, <laughs> which also goes to... Uh, giving, so I feel like my purpose of this group is to uh, counsel on what not to do as a dad, in particular, um, as maybe husband. Um, they're not here to, so I can say that. Oh, it's being recorded. Oh no. Um, yeah, broadcast. Right now, I you know, but seriously, I mean, I'm I'm actually the second oldest. I am older than this guy a little bit. Um, so. Uh, but you know, they're, my kid. You know, these guys are going through a tough time. This is a tough time in life with young kids, and a lot of them. And you got your work responsibilities, and ugh, just uh, it's tough. And uh, and I made a ton, a ton, a ton of mistakes. And so uh, I I have a lot to say about that. Like, don't do this. Um, or I think I told you, Matt, one time. One. Uh, I don't know, maybe you took the advice, uh, but I remember saying, you know, I was so worried about whether or not I have enough money that I just, I, I cheated our kids out of like going on vacations a lot of times because, you know, just, it's just, you know, uh, because I'm, I was the penny pincher, you know, and so I was like, I would go back and change that. So I go on vacations, heart, do that, <laughs> make memories. So anyway, uh, but but that has been very beneficial, though, the the counsel that um, I've received for sure. I love it. And I know each of us could go down the line and and talk about the benefits. And and obviously, this isn't something that happens in a one, two hour segment. Right. And so when we think about what it means to do life together in this age, um, it means text. It means uh, we, we, we're there for each other throughout the week. We get coffee. Uh, if there's something urgent that needs to be prayer, prayed for, we're reaching out with prayer requests, right? So it's not just this, oh, we have a group and it all happens there. No, actually, most of what we're talking about takes place outside of those two hours. And so there's intentionality in waking up and showing up and putting in the time to focus on Jesus together. But then as we go, we're continuing to pursue one another, 
And so I know, again, we're all in different contexts, and that looks different based on our age and technology experience and all of that. But again, it, it's an understanding that showing up to a ladies' Bible study doesn't make you close with ladies. Showing up to Oasis is an opportunity to form relationships that will be forged later through the fires of doing life together. And so we have to look at this place where we are as the start and not the finishing line of what relationships can be. Programs provide opportunities. Programs provide introductions into something more. Right? We do not have relationship because we sit in a room of 400 or a room of 20 for an hour. We have relationship when we pursue it. And so we seek to do that throughout the week, some of us better than others. (laughs) Um, Number five is you consider Hunter's list of marks of true friendship. And this is in chapter four. And we'll have to do this quickly. I know you have both Matt Volenko and Rob Blair on a stage. Sorry about you. But we're going to, we are going to end on time, Blair. You got this? All right. So as you consider Hunter's list of marks of true friendships in chapter four, and a quick recap in my own words, one, A true biblical friendship is Christ-centered, which means the main point of why we gather, whether it be for coffee or whatever, the main point of our relationship is becoming more like Jesus and helping each other take steps towards that. That is the main thing. Two, trust. What we share will not be shared with others who don't need to know about it. Three, empathy. When we share, we are met where we are at with love and understanding and not condemnation. On the heels of that, straightforward honesty. We are mutually committed to speak and receive hard truths spoken in love. So it's not just all about, oh yeah, hey, you sinned, you struggled. Oh, hey, yeah, let's talk about that. Oh, hey, you're loved. No, it's also, so what are we going to do about it? You know what it looks like to be a man after God's own heart. How are we pursuing that? How are we running after it? How are we staying in the light together? Transparency. We walk in the light by speaking the full truth and avoiding half-truths and generalities. For men, I can't say it more, but I know for women too, it's really easy to get together and just talk about your kids or hashtag mom life. And who really knows you outside of that? Who really knows what you feel when you fail as a mother? Who really knows what you feel when you fail as a wife or perceive your failure. Who really is there with you walking through that? Transparency is key. Six is committed versus consumer. We are bound to one another regardless of the proposed cost or proposed payoff. We're in this together. Come what may. And not just until you become a burden, but we are in it till the end. We're committed to that. And then seven, and Rob already spoke on his genuine affection. We hold each other in the highest esteem in word and in deed, and that is together or apart. Right? So again, looking at this, how do you see these core marks of true friendship manifested within the group and the individual relationships within? And how are they helping to foster friendship that differs maybe even from ones that you've had in the past? And guys, we do have to go quickly on this, but I would love to hear some thoughts. Yeah, just uh, quickly on the empathy part. Um, it's, it you almost should never say to someone, uh, I know what you're going through. Because even if you've gone through it, they're different than you are. And so they're going to be experiencing it different. But that doesn't mean we can't still have empathy. Uh, Romans 12, again, uh, 15 says, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. I I can weep with someone even if I've never gone through what they're going through because my Savior is weeping with them. Uh, We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with us in our time of weakness but was tempted in every way just as we are yet without sin. So we have a high priest who is able to know exactly what you're going through. um, And for that reason, uh, I can hear a brother struggling with something that maybe I've never struggled with. But I care for him because my Savior does. And because of that, then there is, a again, a place where there is no shame or condemnation that says, how, how dare you share that with the group? That you're struggling with that, really? No, we all stumble in many ways, as James reminds us and, and John shared on Sunday night, right? We're all messed up in different ways. My mess may not be your mess. And so that's just the idea of empathy. Yeah. 
Yeah, I would say that um, our relationships and friendships being Christ-centered is the goal of what you see up here. Um, we don't get together just because we like each other and we like doing stuff together, but it is all about pushing each other to be fathers and husbands and men that more closely resemble Christ. Mm-hmm. And that's critical to yeah. having a biblical friendship. It's not just a buddy and a pal. Like These are relationships that drive each other, drive each other towards Christ-likeness. Mm-hmm. I think two on the list that really stand out for me are straightforward honesty and transparency. Um, because like you said, showing up is half the battle, but you can show up and be a part of the group, and you can still hide. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can hide with your words by... Speaking half-truths by speaking in generalities. You talked about that quite a bit earlier. And not really let us in. Not really let us in to what's really going on. um, And allowing us to bear those burdens with you. Allowing us to, in straightforward, straightforward honesty, being vulnerable to allow us to speak a hard word where it needs to be spoken. And to excise a tumor that's in there that's slowly killing you. I know that's what a brother did for me recently. He took one out that uh, that was slowly killing me. And I praise God that he pushed us to total and complete transparency and straightforward honesty to be able to both open yourself up and for the brother to do the hard work of not just saying, hey, that... That stinks. I'll Mm -hmm. be praying for you and then just go about your day. But to be able to press in and speak a hard word that needs to be spoken in order to push us towards Christ's likeness. Um, Those are critical, um, critical to success in biblical friendship. I was just going to say transparency to me is like the key to all these relationships. I mean, they they, obviously all these things are, but uh, transparency creates transparency. And there's uh, and and you know when we confess our sins to one another, it it is freeing, mm-hmm. um, and and you're able to dive into what what's really going on uh, deep down in there. And us yeah. men especially, and I know women have different fears and uh, things, but you know we we, we think we're all we, we think we're it's just us, you know, and that kind of adds to the. Um, you know the the darkness that we're in uh, that 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 the enemy likes to keep us in, thinking that we're it's just us. Yep. You're there's something wrong with you, um, and then you share. You, you take that step of faith of all right. I'm gonna put myself out there. Uh, they're never gonna talk to me again. And then it's like me too, me too, me too. And you're like whoa, what? And so uh, it's you, but you, you have to. You have to take that step of faith to do it, and not unfortunately. I mean, it just requires it. But, um, but it it uh, we go we go deep. We you know things that I would never have thought that we would I would talk with another man about honestly, mm-hmm. um, and that is what uh, I think is has been unique in my life. Uh, I've I've not had that ever in my life yeah. uh, that I could be completely honest and not be condemned or judged for it um, because they're just helping me to try to become more like Christ. Yeah, it's a good word. Um, so again, I, I think, yeah, I think being in a church setting, we all know it's really easy to exist in small groups and men's groups and women's groups and ladies' Bible studies and youth groups and youth group small groups and all of these different uh, kind of subgroups as we as we kind of chunk off the church in smaller segments, we all know that it's really easy to hide in there if we really want to. And it's really easy to let others hide when they really want to. Because i got to tell you, if I show up and I'm just given a, a generality, if I don't have a brother that's going to push me, I'm not going to be pushed. And vice versa. And so it is a mutual commitment to run after Jesus together. And that has to be... that. That has to be central. Are we just getting together because we're bored, because we're lonely, or are we getting together with the main goal in mind? And if we are, let's not let anything stand in the way. And that's true regardless of context. Amen?
So last but not least, uh, what is one word of encouragement? It has to be pretty close to one word. Uh, would you give to somebody here today who doesn't have a group like this, who doesn't have true biblical friendship like this that is being experienced? What would you say? Two, two things come to mind. Reach out and be open. Right. We, the, as I've mentioned earlier, this is a group of men that aren't in the same seasons of life and don't have the same commons or interests. As I think about our youth group, uh, one thing that I hear is, man, it's just really hard to make relationships because, you know, they're in, they're in private school or homeschooled or, or public school and, you know, we just don't have anything in common. There's one thing that we all have in common or should or are striving to have in common and that's Christ-centeredness. And if we all are believers in, in the gospel and have the same Holy Spirit residing in us, man, that bond is greater than any other bond, any other sport that we play together or whatever. That is the biggest bond that we have with one another. So if we have that, that's really all that matters, right? Yeah. We, can, we can have dif- differences but still strive towards the same goal, and that's being more like Christ. So th- those are the two things that come to mind, just reaching out and being open. Uh, to, to who you would be uh, in, in your group because this isn't the way I, I think we're trying to communicate that hopefully it's clear this isn't the way this is a way that you can build upon biblical friendships with one another yeah I would just add one thing uh, if there is something that is keeping you from doing this that is probably the very thing you need the reason why you need to be in biblical relationship with someone else if you are too busy your busyness is the reason why you need to be involved in a relationship. If you've been hurt, then your hurt, your pain, is the reason why you need to be involved in a relationship with someone else. Whatever it is that is keeping you is, as Brother said, is a lie from the enemy that says, don't do this. Yeah. That is the very thing that you need to press into and pursue, is to be involved in that. Because of the thing that, that you are being convinced is the reason why you shouldn't do this, is the very reason what you need to do. Just to conclude what you said, I mean, how long, the question is, how long are you going to allow yourself, the pattern of your life, to look more like the lies and the plans of our enemy than the commands and the promises of our Lord? Amen. That's a good word. And again, guys, as we conclude up here, it's, it's not about these guys not about their season of life, their gender, any of it. Like, it, 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 it doesn't matter. I don't care if you're 85. I don't care if you're 15. The blessing is still the same. The promises are still the same. Your design is still the same. And so the point of what we are saying here today is that, yes, it took, it took revelation for someone to see that they were not pursuing something that they were made for. It took obedience to send an email or to respond to an email. It took sacrifice to make time during the week, to make time throughout the week as like 70,000 text messages come in every single day. And uh, it, it takes time to go and get coffee to pursue other people, to take time to care. It takes time. But because of this, each and every one of these men up here, and I believe the men collectively that are a part of this group could give a big old Rob Blair amen to every single scripture that Stephen shared last week. Not hollow, not saying, oh, amen, that's truth because God's word is true. No, amen, because I have tasted and seen that that truth is a living reality for me and for you. So, amen, amen. when they read Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. Amen, when they read Proverbs 27, 5 through 6. Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Perfuse are the kisses of an enemy. Amen to Proverbs 27.9. Oil and perfume make the heart glad and sweetness of a friend comes in his earnest counsel. Amen. When they look at Proverbs 27.17, as iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. So all that to say, if you have this in your life, then your very next step is to praise God for opening you to the reality of the relationships that He made you for and to ask God, how can I take a step deeper into intimacy with those who you have placed around me? And if you are sitting here today as a skeptic, as 
somebody who just doesn't believe that this is possible, as somebody who is wounded, as somebody who is too busy to make time for, then your next step is to recognize what Scripture calls you to and to step forward in obedience. Maybe you need to send an email or a text message. Or maybe you have to respond to one that was sent to you earlier, but you said, "Mm, I can't. I don't know where you are today. I don't know what your context is. But I can tell you that biblically, God has something for you that he has made you for. And so the question is, are you walking in it or are you walking away from it? And if you are walking away from it, repent. Turn towards the life that he has for you, the life that his word promises you. Does it mean that it won't be work? No, it's going to be work. Does it mean that it won't upend your priorities or, or, or what you've built? It? No, it'll certainly upend your priorities. But if it is a promise, and Stephen showed us last week that it is a promise rooted in the truth of why we were made and what we are here for, then pressing into the one another's with one another is the stuff of life. And it is for you. Run towards it. We're going to close in a psalm, but let me pray for us. Father, I thank you so much for um, the truth that has been presented today. And I thank you for each of these men and the way in which uh, they are modeling. Uh, They are modeling obedience, not in perfection, They haven't figured it out. They don't own the market corner on relationship. But they're walking forward in obedience. And you are blessing that. And I thank you for the honor and the privilege that it is to do life alongside these men. And I thank you for the way in which they are experiencing the benefits as they press into relationships that you've called them into. Father, I pray that their faithful obedience would be a testimony to your power, your strength, and the uh, really just the sufficiency of your word to speak into our lives and the beauty of the promises that you have for us. And Father, I pray for every person sitting here today, whether they find themselves saying amen for the relationships that I have, or just looking around saying, what about me, Lord? I pray that your Holy Spirit would lead them to the next step of obedience, the next step forward towards your promises and your purposes for their life. Thank you, Father, for making us for these relationships. We pray this together in Jesus' name. Amen.